Welcome to our Triune Pod, where we prepare you to praise. I'm the Reverend Nick Comiskey. And I'm the Reverend Ben DeHart. Join us for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and outlandish pop culture as we break down the collect of the day for the coming week. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Welcome to our Triune Pod, special midweek, Holy Week edition. This is Nick. This is Ben. And I know all of you listening out here, out there, are listening, but me and Ben are in person. We are in person, folks, and we both have vaccines, so don't worry about it. <laughs> My wife and I came to New York, went to New York City. Uh, we are in New York City right now just for a few days. Um, but let me just put you on the spot, Ben. What are you most excited about? about as it relates to my visit here it's been it's been 14 months what are you uh what are you the most excited Things that about? i'm not allowed to talk about <laughs> just kidding no man i i mean i've looked at you on a screen and you're beautiful on the screen but you're even better looking in real life i've heard that so many times over the last 12 months um all right man well hey we're gonna do something a little different today this is obviously not a sunday morning episode this is a holy week episode and we're gonna talk about monday thursday and good friday but the goal is to keep it at 20 minutes. So let's just try and share one thought from each of the two colics, colic for Monday, Thursday, and colic for Good Friday. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay, well, we'll pray the colic for Monday, Thursday at the end, but why don't we just get started, Ben? Any thoughts that you have about this particular service? Yeah, so Monday, Thursday is actually one of my favorite services of Holy Week. It, uh, I think it's just because in my church, we do it really well. Uh, in my church, uh, we're Calvary St. George's, so we have two locations, but we're one parish. And we begin the Monday Thursday service at one parish, and by the end we make a procession to the to the other one. Now that's obviously not really normal. yeah yeah yeah. It's actually really cool, and we process like with the cross, with all the acolytes, with everyone who's at the service. Wow. We kind of make our pilgrimage to Calvary, which obviously we'll talk about in a second. Oh my gosh! What, what's the moment in the service that you make that transition? So, you know, like at the end of the Monday, Thursday service, oh, right? Okay, you, okay, you strip okay. the altar, you close the book. It's part of everything. that. Okay, okay. And then in absolute darkness and in absolute silence. Uh, and it is kind of weird. Like we're, we're, we're usually journeying through New York City. This is pre-COVID. Uh, we're all dressed in like cassocks or, and the people behind us. Like, like the dudes from noise. the Matrix, if you don't know what a cassock is. So people are always just like, what is going on there? And at first I was like, oh, are they worried that we're like some kind of cult or whatever? Definitely. But then I just stopped worrying about that altogether. Because sometimes people will like kind of, will join up with the crowd and, and follow Dude, us. That's really cool. That's awesome. So yeah, uh, but so Monday Thursday, usually what happens, there, there are two things that happens. Uh, in pre-COVID times, we would have a foot washing, a foot washing service. And uh, yeah, you know, Jesus says, you know, do this essentially, uh, as an example, I do this, I'm washing you, you therefore go and wash one another. So that's the first part is the foot washing. And the second part is the institution of the Lord's Supper, uh, where Jesus says, this is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. So obviously for communion, that's like that very much points us to what happens over the course of the weekend, uh, what happens the next day. Jesus 
giving his life for those whom he loves. And that that, you know, what, what happened 2000 years ago is extended to you and me today, every single week uh, when we receive the body and blood of Christ. Uh, but what I want to focus in on today, that the big idea is really the foot washing, because I think the foot washing for the most part, I kind of take as like, oh crap, like do this in remembrance of me. And I know that doesn't mean go out and actually wash people's feet, but it does mean like do like stoop yourself, do something, you know, hard uh, for other people. And I don't like to do things hard or, or for the most part, it's just like, I don't. So <laughs> I both don't like to do things hard and for <laughs> thing for other people. It's true. Yeah. No, and I, I should want to, I'm obviously being uh, like joking around a little bit, but what I find really great for this passage is that biblical interpreters have for the millennia said that the foot washing account, while of course is about giving us an example as followers of Christ, as followers of the way to do for one another. First and foremost, like the Lord's Supper, points us to what Christ has done on the cross. So I'm going to read from our queen, of course, this great quote. Slay and me. Then Slay I don't me. even know if I'm going to say any other words and then be like, Nick, you take it from Good Friday from here. But it goes like this. There is wonderful news tonight. Biblical interpreters over the centuries almost unanimously agreed that the first message of the foot washing story is that it is an interpretation of the death of Jesus. When the Lord gets up from the table, puts on the loincloth of a slave, and kneels at the feet of his disciples, he does it first and foremost to teach his disciples the meaning of his death. It is indeed significant that after he has finished washing their feet, he sits down with them again at the table and says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. And I am not trying to cast that into the background. However, all interpreters seem to agree that it is the secondary, not the primary meaning of his action. The primary meaning is that the son of God is stooping down from his heavenly throne to wash us clean from our transgressions. The primary meaning is that the Lord of the universe is preparing to undergo utmost humiliation in order to purify us from the contamination of sin. The primary meaning is that the eternal word, which was in the beginning with God, has become flesh, not only to dwell among us full of grace and truth, but also to love us and to serve us to the outermost limit, even death on the cross. I don't know if you have a pulse, but if you are alive, that quote just changed your life. <laughs> And that's really all I, I want to say here. But to get to the collect itself, the one line that I think both of these, you know, the foot washing and Holy Communion really gives us in a tangible way is one of those last lines that Nick will pray in a second. And it goes like this. Jesus Christ, who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life. You and I have been given a pledge of eternal life and we get it every time we take communion and we are reminded of it every time the foot washing ceremony takes place on Monday, Thursday, 
This is good news. Of course, it's an example for us, but first and foremost, it's about what Christ has done for you and me who so often don't want to wash stinky feet. Wow, Ben, that was great. That's so good, man. So good to see you do this live in person. Um, all right, well, let's let's go on to Good Friday. We gotta pray. Oh yeah, why don't you pray, man? All You're right, the one who here, did. Here it is. Here it is. Almighty God, whose dear Son, on the night before He suffered, instituted the sacrament of His body and blood, mercifully grant that we may receive it thankfully in remembrance of Jesus Christ our Lord, who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life and who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, so that was Monty Thursday. We're going to move on to Good Friday. And Nick, enlighten me. What is Good Friday about? What does it mean to you? What does it mean to me? Yeah, I think the answer of what it's about is pretty obvious. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you definitely know what the uh, Good Friday is about. Well, I would just say about the collect, there is this coherence of form and substance. The um, collect itself is probably the sim- one of the most simple unadorned collects in the entire prayer book. And if you've ever been to a Good Friday service, at least for me, you know, 15 years ago when I first started hanging around churches like that used the prayer book, I, I imagine Good Friday as this like kind of climactic, emotionally rich exchange for hours and hours where you were like meditating on the cross or something. But it, at least in my experience, Good Friday services are like pretty modest and unassuming and they're defined in some sense by what's not there you know there's not a lot of color there's no hymnody there's no communion and it's and it's in some ways that is kind of telling the story of what this day is about this day is about absence it's about jesus being abandoned by the father it's about jesus being betrayed by judas abandoned by his closest friends and um, so there's a simplicity and a modesty and an unassumingness that's not a word but um to to the day to the service uh, and so if you're at good friday and you feel like this is kind of boring and short. It's like, yeah, I guess that's kind of the point. <laughs> um, but the colic itself kind of gets at that. So there is just one simple line that I want to meditate on in the colic, and that is this. Uh, Almighty God, we pray you to graciously behold this your family for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed. Uh, it's this, rec- it's this we, we ascribe, as it were, the, the, the church, God's people, and we say your family. In this holy moment and darkest of days, we ask God in his love and his grace to see us like a father sees his child, to hold us in his sight like a mother sees her child. Hmm. It's a request as essential as it is simple, because that is what we are all looking for. We want to be seen and known. We want to belong. We want to be held safe in the arms of love. And that's what this prayer is. I um, I just heard this story, which is fortunate because it hasn't made its way into a sermon yet. I'm going to de- debut it on the pod. <laughs> but I heard this story of a of a uh, about a a team that was um, visiting a um, orphanage in a in a foreign country, and this orphanage had hundreds of children in it. It's one of the biggest orphanages in the world. You can probably guess what country it is. Um, but anyway, um, and the person relaying the story said, I was expecting to walk into this chaotic room with children screaming and it just being, you know, this cacophony of infants. And uh, what the person related is like, I was shocked because when I walked in, 
I could hear a pin drop. It was absolutely silent. Why? Well, because these children had gotten used to the fact that no one came to them when they cried. And that is like one of the signs of child neglect and abandonment is when a child doesn't cry. When babies don't cry, something is like very, very wrong. And that's a negative lesson, but it underscores a very positive truth, which is like we are we come into the world crying, expecting that our parents will attend to us and hear us. And in the Bible, like Galatians chapter four, Romans chapter eight, when it says that the spirit of God causes us to cry out, Abba, Father, it's God's way, the Bible's way of saying the spirit convinces, persuades us that we are dearly loved and beheld by God. And that's what this prayer is. God, behold this, your family to whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed. And I think that's a balm on a severe, sobering day. Jesus is going through this agony for us. And the wellspring of his actions and his sacrifice is this notion of God's tender, fatherly love for us. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't help but think of the passion of the Christ and of the first time I saw that in theaters and just being like just demolished by it. Um, and yet your words there in the midst of all of the true suffering that our Lord Jesus Christ went through and the, the midst of this darkest of days, as you said, this colic reminds us that he is graciously beholding us as a loving parent. This was all done for love. Mm. Um, yeah, I just, I think that's beautiful. Love will not tear us apart, man. All right, uh, let's pray. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this, your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. about that episode of our triune pod now that you've been prepped for praise won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review we promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming so be sure to join us for another episode of your new favorite podcast